Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In hindsight, I think I came across a complete lunatic. I was like waving my hands. I was like, I just love history so much. Oxford is undeniably really difficult. We have a lot of essays to write. I think we've written 54 this year. Hi everyone, how are you all doing? I hope you're enjoying your summer. Today I am joined with my friend Hannah Porter. Hannah, would you like to say hello? Hi everyone. Today we are basically having a bit of a catch up and finding out how Hannah's first year at Oxford University has been like. So Hannah, would you like to tell us what you are studying? Yes, I do history um, and I'm at Trinity College. Amazing, so would you be able to tell us please, what Trinity College is known for at Oxford, just so we can get a picture of what it's like. Sure. So Trinity's great because it's the most central college. So it's, um, if you zoom into a map of Oxford, you will hit Trinity first. Um, It's so close to everything. Um, We're never more than a five minute walk from from other colleges or the shops or the clubs or the bars so it's excellent trinity's known for unfortunately being quite a private school college um but it's also known for great food good people and for some reason reason we have the highest grass to student ratio so it's got loads of like land and we can all chill on the lawns in summer which is really nice oh that's amazing so there's quite some like good study spaces there as well Definitely, yeah. They just built a new building um, and we had Prince Charles come down to open it. Um, and it's got lo- like about seven places you could possibly study. So <laughs> there's, there's loads of space. That must have been so surreal. Um, so was Trinity your first choice of college? 
No, it wasn't. I, I say this and I'm <laughs> pretending to be a big Trinity fan. Um, I actually um, applied twice to Oxford, got rejected the first time. Um, I firstly applied to St. Peter's College. Um, and then the second time round, I applied to Jesus College and then got reallocated to Trinity. So really, I'm grateful to Trinity for just taking me at that point. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm, I think they, they always say you end up at the college you're meant to be at. And I think that really does apply. It's yeah. just great. And I love it. Amazing. Um, so would we would you mind coming back to the start and talk me through when you first thought I want to go to Oxford University? Were you really little or was it a recent thing? that you wanted to do yeah the thing with Oxford there's like kind of two groups I'd say there's those people who apply because they've got five UCAS pleases and they're like oh well may as well just give it a shot and then there's those people who have been like wanting to go to Oxford since they were six and have like it's then been dream been their dream and passion I think for me it's definitely the latter um I went first went to Oxford with my grandma when I was about seven I went to Christchurch I remember so specifically we got we got off the bus at like Christchurch and I was like oh my god this is insane I just knew I just knew I really really wanted to go to Oxford and from that point really um I felt like all the work I was putting into my GCSEs all the extracurricular things I was doing A levels just was all leading up to me wanting to go to Oxford um, but then, yeah, you talk to other people and they say, oh, well, I just try. I didn't even know when the interviews were. I did them on holiday. And then you're like, what? Like, I was stressing so much. But yeah, it's just two different types of people. And there's also two sides to every story. I know if they say they just applied on a whim, but work would have got uh, it, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. It, it always does. I think I think there's a tendency to, of course, be like, oh, yeah, like I didn't really try. But everyone has. There's, there's no there's no denying that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so from when you were younger, you knew that you wanted to go. Um, and did you put sort of this pressure on yourself to through GCSEs and A-levels? Was it a difficult time for you or did you still manage to cope with it all? I think I'm one of those people that works quite well under pressure. So in a sense, having that end goal of going to Oxford was always the kind of driving factor for me. Um, so like even in my GCSEs, I think I probably put more pressure on myself than I needed to. Um, and I wanted to get grades, like uh, really good grades, because I knew that they'd be looking at that on my application. So I think it probably added to my stress at the time. But in the end, I'd say it was actually more of a motivator and a positive influence than it had like a negative impact. Yeah, that's really good. Because, yeah, like I said, two kinds of people. I mean, I'm not sure how well I work under pressure. It's just different types of people, different personalities. Yeah, totally. Um, did you always want to go and study history? Um, again, I knew it would be a, I knew it would be a, an arts or humanities kind of based subject because for me, maths and science are just absolute no goes. But um, I was kind of set on English for quite a long time, and then ended up really falling in love with history at A level. So the first time I applied for history politics because I was doing both history and politics A levels. Um, and then second time round, I applied for straight history. Sounds bad, but probably because they had a higher chance of getting in for straight history. Um, and it's, I think it's 11% for his, his poll and then 20% for his straight history. So I was like, right, well, I'm going to hedge my bets and go straight, straight for history. And that's honestly worked out great because I love my degree. So 
That's good because it probably gave you that narrowing focus as well. I mean, you already yeah. have to do so much work outside of school for history, I would imagine. So it's always probably best to narrow it down. And it doesn't mean that you've cut off politics the rest of your life. No, I think I think it was it, it actually has worked out better, though, because I sort of think about what his poll people do and talk to them. And I don't think it would have been the right course for me. And I'm not surprised I didn't get in for it. I think my passion is really for history and in the politics interview my passion for politics just wasn't coming across. So, yeah, definitely it has just all worked out. Amazing. OK, um, and would you like to share with us what the application process was like, um, basically from the beginning? How did it start? Was it basically UCAS and then from there? Yeah. So um, Oxbridge applications are always due in earlier. So I think it's October 5th. It's really, really early in comparison to other universities. So I guess from summer of summer of year 12 going into year 13 I was thinking about my personal statement reading books for that um and then um we submitted a personal statement you have to do a test for history it's called the history aptitude test but every Oxford um degree has a test that you have to do to to get in for it um so I did the history aptitude test I also had to submit an essay and then they look at that with your references and your predicted grades, decide whether you can go to interview. Fortunately, first time and second time around, I did get selected for interview. Um, I went down, this was pre-COVID, so I did go down to Oxford for five days. Um, uh, It was early December, my interview process. I found that really stressful. I'm not sure. That was probably... I don't want to say a negative experience, but I just felt so stressed and under pressure the whole time. I'd never sort of been to Oxford for an extended period. I'd never been to St. Peter's, so I was kind of thrown in. My parents weren't there, obviously, but I didn't even know where the library was or where the canteen was. And so you're kind of, you're kind of as well as the interview process and all the work for that, you're kind of um, in a new city, in a new in a new place. Don't know where you're getting your food from. Don't know where you're going to be able to do your work. Don't know where your room is. Don't know where the interview rooms are. So I found it quite overwhelming, and I think I think that probably played into sort of my stress in the interview because I think I came across quite nervous. But the whole time I was there, I was quite on edge. Um, and then I did get rejected. Um, you get you get you find out early January um it was okay I mean I found it hard but I think there were there were lots of us actually from our school in the same boat which made it better because you weren't sort of the only one to get rejected it was kind of like a at least we all tried we'd all been through the grueling process and we all come out and it had been a disappointing disappointing response but I picked myself up from that, knew almost immediately I wanted to reapply. Um, so ended up taking a gap year. And so from the whole sort of from, I guess, March of COVID until October when applications opened, I really sort of used the lockdown time to sort of focus on Oxford again. I knew this time what I wanted to do. I was going for straight history. And I knew what the application process was. So I knew that I knew that I'd have to read a certain type of book I knew that I'd have to be able to talk about a certain type of history um and so I really really prepped myself it was honestly my probably one true focus at that time um I was doing sort of MOOCs um 
uh, I was doing sort of on yeah online courses, loads of reading. I ended up producing, I'd say, a better personal statement and one that I think reflected my passions for history more, like and that I could talk about more, which was the really important thing. And then, um, yeah, so I did my personal statement again. I did so much prep for the test. I think I did every single practice paper about three times and like grilled the mark scheme. I had really good support from school, even though I'd already left. They were um, helping me through that almost every week. Um, again, did another, submitted another essay. Um, again, got taken to interview, but this time it was online, which personally worked so much better. I was in the comfort of my own home and I wasn't, um, having, yeah. I, I knew that I could have breakfast and chill and then pet my dogs and then go to interview. It wasn't as overwhelming an experience. Um, I had two interviews. I had one at Jesus, um, which was the college I'd applied to. I'd say that went sort of mediocre, I'd come out feeling a bit a bit like I, I could have said more, but feeling it was all right. And then I had another email about three days later saying, um, we would like to take you to interview at Trinity College. Um, so I, again, it was on Zoom. So I think the next day it was at midday, um, put a little jacket on and sort of sat on Zoom. And that interview, I'd, I don't want to sound sort of big headed, but it was one of those things where I kind of at that point thought, yeah like that went really well um genuinely just the questions that I knew the answers to came up I felt like I really demonstrated my passion for history the tutors were lovely I felt really comfortable and I honestly just said to myself like if I haven't got in now I've put everything into this I've the interview has gone as well as I think it possibly could um I think I stand a quite a good chance of getting in but if I don't I know that I've given it my all. And then I found out again, so a year after I got rejected, same day, found out that I got in. Um, probably just the most surreal moment of my life. I was just crying. Um, so nerve-wracking opening that email because obviously I'd got rejected the first time, so I kind of knew what the vibe would be. And it like the first words were like, we're delighted to offer you such an entity. And I was just screaming and it was just like, you know, so emotions there. Something that you've worked so hard for. Yeah, so I didn't know that I would have the Trinity interview. Um, but it was actually one of those things where it was like, I knew that it was the last thing. And I knew that so much work over the two years had gone into it. Um, and I was just thinking, this is it. Like, this is the final hurdle. Just give it like everything you've got. And I came across, like in hindsight, I think I came across a complete lunatic. I was like waving my hands. I was like, I just love history so much. Like, um, and they really made off show your passion yeah I'd say um like if I had to give advice to anyone going for the Oxford application I'd say the first time around the big mistake I made was thinking it was all about intelligence I'm thinking it was all about sort of how many books you'd read and whether you were sort of going to get the best test mark and whether you were using really big words and like, it's just not a about that at all they really want people who are going to interact well with them in tutorials who are passionate about their subject um and they really sort of live and breathe their degree because you spend so much time and so much effort um reading and writing these essays at oxford so you have to actually like it and i do think that's what they're testing so yeah the passion is really important that's really good advice for anyone looking to apply um second time around or first time around um, the question that I'm dying to know the answer to is, what did they ask you in the interview? Was there a question that you really remember or was it too specific to even narrow down? 
I am one of those people like write everything down. So I actually have like a list of every single thing they ask me. Um, and I remember this one point, and this was in the, the, the last interview, the Trinity interview. Um, they asked me about historiography, which is sort of the whole debate around whether we can really know what happened in the past. And, you know, is there any point in studying history? Because ultimately it's all from accounts and how can how far can you trust the opinion of someone and everything is so subjective that you can never actually know the objective truth so you're studying the past from the point of view of a certain number of people um you know is there any point is the ultimate question actually the whole history as a whole genuinely like it, it opened up to the broader the broader arena and um I just find this so interesting. And I was I was saying, obviously, as a historian, there's going to be a point to um, studying the degree that I want to do. Um, I think I was just saying, you know, there's, there's a limit to how much we can know, but that doesn't mean it's less any less interesting. And it doesn't mean there's any it has any less impact on what we can learn from it and the lessons for the future. But I do specifically remember that that sort of topic being brought up and um, yeah, really enjoying talking about that. Well, thank you for sharing that, because it's just one of those things, everyone's like, the interview, you absolutely got no idea what they're going to ask you. They're going to throw so many curveballs at you. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so to hear what um, actually happened there is really interesting. So I'd like to um, press pause on talking about the past now and basically ask you about what your first year has like has been like. I mean, um, did your expectations match up with the reality of how this year has gone, um, or has it completely changed what you thought it was going to be like? Yeah. Um, I think my expectations, I was really concerned. After I got in, I was still in my gap year. I was working. I really, really enjoyed doing that. Um, I kind of got really comfortable, you know, going to work Monday to Friday, sort of having the weekends off. And that kind of just became my life for a while. So then again, the upheaval of, oh, everything's changing again. I was kind of really, I was really nervous. And I was also concerned that I've been, um, I'd been a reject and then I'd been accepted. So I was concerned that I was like, have I sort of tricked the system? And I've now been sort of let in because they just feel sorry for me because I just had to reapply. Um, and then we got given this reading list and I was thinking, oh my goodness, it's just got about 50 books on. And they sent it to us about two weeks before we started. And I was like, I don't know. I was just thinking, God, I'm just so out of my depth here. But um, arrived immediately sort of calmed my nerves everyone was much nicer than I thought they were going to be I thought it was gonna be really competitive and it was gonna be like Don't who are you what do you get any rate levels what it was so relaxed and I think everyone had those those that anxiety and that sort of anticipation um but, but we are all sort of in it together because Oxford is undeniably really difficult um it, my, my, I knew it would be it's Oxford it was going to be hard um, and it, it is hard like we have a lot of essays to write I think we've written 54 this year Goodness. um yeah and they're you know they're 2000 to 2500 word essays fully cited you're reading eight books 10 articles at least going into every essay um and at first it's so overwhelming it's definitely Compared to A-level where it's all laid out for you in a curriculum. Literally. And they would give you the source. So like my history teacher would be like, okay, so this is an entire book, but the best thing to read is these three pages. And you're like, great, you know, off we go. Um, 
instead you know it's a I think it's like a usually like a, a double-sided list of books with an essay title at the top and they say see you in four days and so you have four days to read the books you think are appropriate and then write the essay and then you go into the tutorial and discuss everything you've learned um but the thing is you get used to it this is what I've learned like my first term was overwhelming and I think I spent the whole eight weeks being just feeling the pressure feeling a bit overwhelmed a bit nervous still I was sort of not really doing what I needed to do um but then you take take I took the holiday to sort of reflect on what went well and then applied that and my second two terms have been much better my work quality has been massively improved and I'm sort of having more free time to sort of um not do work which is really nice as well um that's what I want to ask you about sort of work-life balance I mean it sounds like now it's been a bit easier to manage but have you had time to sort of get involved in Oxford societies at all yeah so um I've definitely got my work, my balance to a place where I'm really happy, well, a place that I'm really happy about. I do a society called OxWIB, which is Oxford Women in Business, and I'm a director for them. I'm also um, involved in, um, it's the oldest student-run magazine in the UK. It's called the ISIS magazine, and I'm a director for them this term. And then, yeah, I also do um, ENTS, which is... um, of my passion I absolutely love ENTS um it means basically everyone asks me they're like what is ENTS ENTS is basically social sec um and that's what like other unis would say but we call it entertainment's rep so it shortens out to ENTS rep um it is so fun and I just love it so much I get to organize massive parties we usually do about four a term um and we get given money from the college and we get everyone together and we give it a theme and everyone dresses up and then we'll buy loads of booze and we just give everyone booze and then we just go out and dance all night and it is the best job and I love it so much and to enjoy the events as well as organizing all of them yeah definitely I'm always on sort of a, a like ticket admission so I'll be there for an hour or two letting people in but I just love speaking to everyone anyway so it's not really sort of a chore um and then yeah we just we all dance and it's really fun Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, and in terms of like getting to know people, has Bay Ents helped you meet new people or has it been quite easy, you know, with people in your accommodation? What's your accommodation like? Yeah, um, so I guess what I'm actually surprised about with Oxford is almost how, I guess, the colleges in a way can become your only um if you're not careful, they can become your only point of contact because you have a library there, you have a canteen there, you have your room with a desk, you have everything you need on site. There's no reason really to ever leave if you're not careful. Um, And it's like a a mini university and there's only sort of 90 people in our year. You can become very comfortable just chilling with your friends from college, which is great. But I think there are so many colleges and so many people that it's really nice to mix ENTS has definitely helped me with that because we'll do sort of joint bops where we'll have two colleges come together and obviously I'll have to like talk to the other ENTS reps which is nice but I think um yeah getting out of my college I think societies have really helped but also sort of going out bars um you meet people and then you'll go for coffee and things like that I think um yeah I think you have to make a more more of an effort to meet people from other colleges but once you do it's really rewarding um and you'll like make loads of friends. 
I can see how, yeah, college life could become your only life. If you've got everything you need, yeah, exactly like you said, pointed out, why would you Why would you need to branch out? But okay. you've got a good perspective on it about in terms of meeting new people because there's so many students, so many different people you could meet. You know, your best friend could be just in the college next to you, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, literally, yeah. Um, so are you staying in Trinity College next year or are you moving out? Yeah, sorry, I was meant to say about my accommodation. So it works on a random ballot, basically, for first year. Um, I completely lucked out. I got the best staircase in terms of sort of rooms. I had a double bed and an ensuite, and it was a lovely sort of massive window looking over the college. Um, it was great, and I absolutely loved it. Um, next next year, I am again living on site. Trinity's a nice big college, so we're lucky that there's a room for all first years and second years. Um, and I'll have something called a set, which is um, a, basically a big room with, um, it has two bedrooms and then a massive living room, which ours has a dining table in, um, sofas. I think it even, ha- even has a chaise lounge and a piano, of course. Oh, it's awesome. but, um, yeah, it has like a double bay and it's just beautiful. And I'm going to live there with my friend, Annika. So we're going to be having like a little flat together in college, which is going to be really nice. Um, and we're going to have big parties in our set and we have loads of rooms. So it's going to be really fun. That's amazing. It kind of sounds like, why would you want to move out of there? It sounds yeah. like what you need. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay, we're lucky. Um, so do you feel like you've clicked with some people? Um, I think a lot of people would want to know, you know, the expectation of Oxford is there's maybe a clique for sort of the best private schools in England and they stay together and it's hard to sort of find your people but have you found that it's maybe not like that? Um, I would say I would say that there, there's still changes that need to be made to Oxford um, unquestionably to be honest I think um, Trinity's not the best example and they do have a lot of private school intake I think too much but that's my opinion um, it's and I think there's a tendency with schools like Westminster, Eton, um, for people to gravitate towards their old school friends, which is normal. And of course, that's, that's fine. Cool. But it does form, I think, you know, cliques. Um, I haven't experienced any at my college, but I am aware that other colleges like sort of do have some. Um, again, it's not sort of you could, it's not like they won't talk to anyone else I have friends that have been to Westminster I was actually like college married to someone who went to Westminster um and he's so lovely and I think he I think the world of him um I think there's just sort of progress that needs to be made in terms of um sort of inclusivity from state schools and I think as well sort of merging the merging in sort of freshers, I think, could be probably done better because I think there's there's a wide variety of backgrounds coming into Oxford. And I think there's, there's, there is that already pre-existing sort of expectation that a lot of people are private school. And I think that could be quite intimidating when you, um, if you're not from a private school, I, I completely understand that. And if you arrive without any any of your other school friends there with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um Okay, thank you for talking to us about that. Um, would you like to tell us sort of if you've got any goals for second year, if you'd like to, that to be a bit different to first year, what kind of do you see yourself doing this time next year? Ooh, this time next year, I'm going to be 
definitely reading lots of my dissertation. So, um, but I have some goals for second year. I really want to keep progressing through Oxweb because they're just such a great society and just love them. I would really, really love to be president one day. So we'll see sort of this time next year how far I've got with that. Again, um, I mean, unfortunately, my ENTS sort of reign comes to an end in December. So I won't be ENTS of anymore. But I definitely want to still keep supporting the next ENTS reps to keep sort of um, great, the great bots going um, and really making sure everyone still have, has a good time. Um, and then, yeah, I think goals for second year to keep developing my like style of writing. It's improved so much, but there's definitely still room to improve. And um yeah, just, I think, find what I want to do my dissertation on because I've had some ideas, but I need to sort of hone, hone yeah. that. I mean, you've still got a while to go, but it, it's just a big one because obviously it's so broad and mm-hmm. you can do it on absolutely anything. And I'm sure yeah. as passionate as you are, you'd want to do it on many different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, do you have any maybe long-term goals in mind? Would you like to do a master's or is there, a, I don't know, a career you'd like to follow through into? Is, have you got any long-term plans? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm sort of focusing on, um, I think when I'm thinking about life after Oxford, I guess, I mean, I'm, surp- I'm just, I'm surprised how quickly first year's gone. It's kind of crept up on me. And we, we ended at Trinity Bull um, on sort of the last day. And I thought, oh my God, like, I'm not a fresher anymore. And that's just gone so quickly. So I know that second and third year are going to go that quick as well. So I am definitely thinking about it at the moment. I'm definitely interested in doing a master's, I think potentially in America. I've always had a dream of going to Harvard. I don't know if it will work out, but we'll see. Um, I think America would be great for a year. I'd love to experience that and study over there. And then after that, I think it's going to be either journalism or consulting for me. I've went on a trip down to sort of Boston Consulting Group in London, and I've never considered consulting before, but then they definitely sort of opened my eyes to that world and I think it would be a really interesting career path so that's kind of what I'm thinking about at the moment. I mean from knowing you I know you've got the drive the determination everything to achieve these goals and I'm sure if you wanted to go to Harvard you'd make that happen so <laughs> oh, thank you. oh bless you. I think these are most of the questions that I wanted to ask you today um would you do you have any advice for any future people looking to apply to Oxford anyone with anxieties about what it will actually be like basically do you think it's worth going it is worth going to Oxford there are some times when I'm sat there in the library at midnight and knowing that I've got a lot of work to do thinking why am I here but I know that there's people to support us, that we are all in it together. You look around at midnight and you've got your best friend next to you also working. It's not one of those things where you're alone. The tutors are fantastic. I think, you know, one example is we were in a tutorial and we were doing, um, I was doing sort of early modern Islam and it was fascinating. And we were sort of talking about this author, Hugh Kennedy, and my tutor, my tutor goes, oh, just wait a second, and left the room, and literally brings back Hugh Kennedy, and like the author of the book, the the you know the the premier scholar on this matter, just walked into our tutorial, and it's literally me and another person, and he's just talking to us, and you just think this is just insane, <laughs> and you can't you can't beat it. There are so many opportunities, so much so much expectation, but I think that drives you to work harder, and I think it drives you to want to do better. And so much support. I think if you're even considering it, 
go for it because what have you got to lose um and yeah I couldn't probably recommend it more to be honest oh my goodness that must be so surreal when the actual authors walk in (laughs) I know it's mad it was a mad moment oh amazing well I'm really glad that you've had a great first year and I'm looking forward to hearing and talking to you after your second year and seeing what that's like so I'm sure so many people would love to know what's going on at Oxford University so thank you so much for talking with me today and hopefully thank you so much Lee bye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.